Now more blue collar common sense with Dan Conry on 1310 WIBA. Okay, let's get right into it. The Attorney General of the state of Wisconsin, Brad Schimmel, has been kind enough to join us to give us a little perspective on what has been a years-long labor into digging into what uh, we had no idea I didn't quite imagine just how much darker this John Doe investigation got, but it certainly did, as the report uh, specifies and, and notes. Thank you for joining us, sir. I appreciate your time today. Hey, Matt. I want to yeah. start... I want to start off with uh, the the big question I have this morning, your response to how this story has been covered in much of the mainstream press, including right here, a story that you probably just heard while you were waiting on the phone said that the attorney general found no evidence of wrongdoing. This is a report that is replete with wrongdoing by the investigators and the uh, attorneys at the Government Accountability Board. Yeah, I heard that on the news break uh, while I was waiting to be on. That, that, that's dead wrong. They, they didn't read the report uh, because we plainly set forth that, that crimes did occur. And unfortunately, the problem is because of the horrible, terrible record-keeping and security process at the TAB, we just can't say which one of them did it. That's, that's the piece. You, you, can, you can meet the elements of the crime. You still have to prove which who did it, which one. Right. And that's the challenge we face. But there is no question. There are whole, we, we identify in our report a whole string of different crimes that could potentially be charged if we could just identify who did it. One of the big things that I read in this report is something that didn't surprise me, but I mean, it's it's exasperating. It must be exasperating for uh, the DOJ agents who kept trying to get information, and you just kept getting the stonewalling and the feet dragging. I told you as, uh, in our conversation off the air that having covered this story, I saw that over and over again from the old Government Accountability Board. I saw tricks and delays and f- uh, foot dragging, and, and quite frankly, the same with the Milwaukee County District Attorney's office and the other officials involved in this explain how much stonewalling went on here because the report just goes into how many times you had to go back to get information well just over and over again we would get information they would assert that this well this is it this is all there was which frankly should have been what happened when the special prosecutor turned everything over to the court back on November 3 of 2016. Mm-hmm. That should have been the end of it. But on, on February 1st, we had, we had a court order that gave us access to. I can appreciate that they had some reluctance as to whether legally they could let us look at GAB office files because there's supposed to be confidential information. They were concerned about confidentiality of people's private information. Not always. I'll get to that more. But, you know, we came in with a court order then on February 1st, and you, and this is it. This is all we've got. And it wasn't, because as we read those reports, we became convinced, now there's more. We know we're going to find more, and we did. And then they contacted us at one point in March, and they said, we found some boxes in the basement. They were, they were labeled Shane Falk, and they were plainly, something they should have looked at and once you got inside it was it was plainly stuff that was part of the John Doe that should have been turned over and the more we the more we had read more documents the more we would know there's something else there we kept going back on May 2nd on May 23rd we eventually reached the point where in July we got a search warrant because we just weren't confident that they were making a competent 
and honest search of the of their own offices to make sure that that hard drive that's now still missing wasn't there. So we executed a search warrant. But then it was all the way into November we were finding more at, at the Milwaukee DA's office and at GAB. It just kept going. No, sorry, not at GAB. At the Milwaukee DA's office and on some of the online accounts that hadn't been shut down yet. And there was a pattern of behavior here, obviously. We're talking with uh, Attorney General uh, about this situation, and it's just amazing to me the sort of uh, stonewalling that, that did go on and the uh, <laughs> the failure to even be lawyers, to act in an appropriate manner as attorneys. Uh, I, I speak the example of Shane Falk and the rest of the GAB crew just completely disregarding the John Doe judge's order in early 2014 for weeks, uh, continuing even after a cease and desist order from the John Doe judge saying, no more, you cannot look at these files, they were illegally seized in the first place, no more looking at them, no more investigating, this investigation is definitely on hold, and they kept at it. Well, you know, we could talk about this for hours and hours, there's so much in this report, there's so much we found, but there's three, really three huge takeaways that I identify here, and one of those is that they continued to access these documents after the judge shut this down. And first, the judge said, may not look at anything that was obtained by search warrant. A few weeks later, the judge recognized it needs to be more clear. You can't look at anything that came that you obtained as a result of any legal process in this matter. But he could not have been more clear in that, and they continued to look at the stuff after that. That's one of the big takeaways in this. It's why we've made the recommendation to the judge that Shane Falk be referred to the Office of Lawyer Regulation. For, you know, lawyers have a, have a responsibility to obey the orders of a court. And when you disregard those in the way that this is, you can't you can be held accountable in your licensing. Um, the, the other really big takeaway was uh, the discovery that they'd expanded into what we've called John Doe 3. Right. It, it's, a, it's a shorthand for us, but we think it's so distinct, frankly, from what, what they were doing in John Doe 2 that it, it does qualify as a separate investigatory track on their part, um, but they never had authorization from a court to, to open up a third John Doe. And then the other big takeaway is, is, is this information they had that they characterized in a file folder, an electronic file folder, as opposition research. That's very that disturbing. Volume, yeah. To what they were up to. That's. I want to. I want to stop you there because that is just amazing to me. Because I can tell you this: in talking to sources along the way who had been abused by this investigation, some had called this, you know, or 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 described it as state-funded opposition research. And a lot of people scoffed at that notion. Now we find that very well may, may be the case. Is that not criminal, using your position of power as a state agent to conduct opposition research? Well, their get-out-of-jail-free card on all this, this is that every time they had a subpoena or a search warrant, they had a judge that signed it. Yeah. And as a as a prosecutor, that that's your cover when you do this. But plainly at at the Government Accountability Board, um, they had things like 
um, I, just as one example, over 150 emails solely between Senator Leah Vukmir and her daughter on her personal email account. Why they had those things is beyond us. We can't, we can't explain how, first off, to look at them in the first place, but then to retain them and place them in a file called Opposition Research. Why do you have that? I, it makes there's no conceivable legal reason why they should have that. Did, uh, on that point, did you ask uh, Shane Falk, for instance, who was the creator, it appears, of the opposition research file, at least it came from all of the, the stuff that he took in well after the judge's order came down? The John Doe 3 aspect of this is something that, as we dug deeper and deeper into the information, there were... In what we've characterized as the John Doe 3, there were over 500,000 unique emails and millions of pages. So we were going through these things methodically. We were getting we were getting our report ready to release. And as we're getting our report ready, we realized, oh, my gosh, there's, a, there's another phase to this that we hadn't hmm. even spotted before. Um, so, no, that came very, very late in this process. And... Uh, our interviews, this came well after all of our interviews with Falk and everyone. They never brought up that this was there. You've been very generous with your time. I appreciate it. We're talking with Attorney General Brad Schimmel about uh, his uh, report uh, that came out yesterday showing just how deep this John Doe investigation. And, you know, I, I, you get the sense now we thought it couldn't get this bad. Apparently it's it's it did. It got a lot worse, and maybe it's even worse yet. Let me ask you this question, though. Um, Shane Falk and Nathan Yudnick, another employee of the GAB, and some others had said, well, we don't know where the whereabouts of this hard drive is that contained this information, which included the leaked information to The Guardian, if I remember right. Right. Um, and it's still this missing hard drive. It, it's it, By the way, it sounds very similar to something that we, we keep hearing out uh, east in Washington, D.C., right? Uh, yeah. Hillary Clinton missing hard drives. And I guess that's a question as well. But before we get there, uh, had you ever considered, or the Department of Justice agents um, issuing a, uh, a warrant to, to go into the home of uh, Shane Falk or some of these others? I think there would be some sympathy from the conservatives who had their homes raided that this would be uh, equal treatment, I guess. Yeah, we don't, have, we don't have probable cause to say it's in Shane Falk's house. We could speculate. It, it could be in the hands of the uh, Guardian newspaper. This, that could be how the information was transmitted by just turning mm. over that hard drive. But the interviews we did leave this, the information we got from the individuals that it was left on, on Nathan Judnick's desk, and then we don't know where it ended up from there. We just don't have probable cause to go raid Shane Falk's house. And that if the, you know, I, I've spent my career chasing after criminals, people who do lawless things, and it is deeply troubling that criminals do their acts. When government becomes lawless, then that's beyond frightening. And I, I'm, we're not willing to make our investigation lawless. Understood. Understood. And, and well put. Okay, final question for you. Do you see the similarities? They seem striking to me. 
what happened in Wisconsin with the John Doe and what is happening uh, surrounding the so-called Russian collusion case, what happened with the FBI and Hillary Clinton, lost uh, hard drives and these sorts of things, information, private information in the case of Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State at the time, that put uh, people's lives at risk, in this case in Wisconsin, exposing people's lives to the general public or to nasty political operatives that would use it uh, to get to gain advantage. Do you see similarities and do you think Wisconsin may have been a test run for what's happening in DC? Well, I I don't know about the test run question, but when when for instance we get a wiretap authorization, when we utilize that wiretap, we are required to limit what we listen to in a wiretap to the conversations that are relevant to the investigation, what we're authorized to be hearing. We have to purge out information that goes beyond that. They weren't purging out. They, they were collecting and cataloging and putting in file folders additional information that had nothing to do with the investigation. There's nothing nothing in the emails between the Senate, Senator Buchner and her daughter that anything to do with any collusion or any political money or any tactics or anything. Nothing at all. They had no business being in that. Um, you know, what really troubles me is because the security procedures at TAB were completely lacking. They had no custodian of records monitoring what came in and what out. They had no law saying who had what information, who looked at what information. Um, they had the, the hard drives and flash drives that were left out. And many there are things we see that we did get, no password protections on them at all. There were no cameras monitoring any of the area. You, there was no security keeping people from the street from walking into that, into those offices. The only door that was locked was was this basement door where they did find these boxes of Shane Falk, uh, these Shane Falk labeled boxes. It was locked, but the key was on the receptionist's desk. Anybody could pick that up and go. We, they were completely cavalier about the fact that they were possessing private personal information from from dozens and dozens of, of Wisconsin citizens. This is a powerful report. I would recommend all read it. You'll find it at MacGyverInstitute.com. And as you have made clear, uh, the reporting from some in the mainstream media that you found no evidence of wrongdoing, I want to make sure that that is clear. That is simply not the case. Thank you so much for your time. I, Can I say one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. What's really most troubling to me is because of those horrible security procedures there, I cannot guarantee to any of the targets that their information isn't still out there somewhere in the wrong hands. I I can give them no guarantee of that whatsoever. But I'll tell you this, if any of the, we know what was in there now, because now we've looked, our investigators have looked, we know what's there. And if we see any of that stuff popping up, we're going to be out trying to identify who leaked it. If anybody is hanging, if any of these people are hanging on to any more of this stuff and they leak any more of it, there will be more investigating it. We will, again, pick up every rock and attempt to hold accountable anybody who tries to abuse this information. I'm glad to hear that, and I think there are some conservatives who were victimized by this investigation who will be glad to hear that, too. Thank you, sir, for your time and for this report. I appreciate it.